0: through the chat with me come on
1: hey everyone thank you guys so much for coming through tonight the day is finally here we have been watching kanye west's genius documentary for the past three weeks we've been watching it together on the discord and via the rave app. and so a lot of folks have been in the streets talking about this doc i think it surprised a lot of people a lot of folks learned a lot of things about kanye west that they did not know so we're going to spend the next about two hours discussing the documentary episode one two and three and I have my special guest for me tonight um her name is Lexi. Lexi go ahead and unmute your microphone.
2: Hey everyone I'm so excited to talk about Kanye. I stand Kanye so if you come on the stage be prepared <laughs> to argue <laughs> with me about Kanye.
1: <laughs> no I'm happy to have you and it was so funny why I wanted you to co-host because every time I would do the uh where I would air the genius episodes and I'll be just reading your comments. And I remember somebody was like, I'm not gonna lie, but Kanye West was low-key cute back then. And you was like, uh-uh, you're not gonna do Kanye like that because he's still fine. Exactly. Girl, I fell out <laughs> I, <laughs> I fell always out. Play, always trying to play Kanye. Like he don't look good, like he's not
2: a beast, like he's not the GOAT. So I'm here to defend Kanye and I'll also yeah. hold him accountable in the conversation.
1: Exactly. And that's why we're here. So the the first um, episode was called The Vision. And I thought it was a really good opener into like introducing us to who Kanye West was, his life. And I think for me, I remember when I first heard the name Kanye, it was kind of confusing. It's like, who's Kanye? Because I didn't know he had made all these beats and did all this stuff for Jay-Z. So I met him when most of the world met him when he dropped, you know, Through the Wire. And we fell in love with that. And one thing that I really respected about Ye even back then is that you realize that this dude is from the south side of Chicago, you know, one of like the most quote unquote violent cities in America. And he's rapping about something different. And it was really fresh for that time in hip hop because, you know, that was around the same time that 50 Cent was out too. And it was all this, you know, hype about him being shot nine times and, you know, all this gang banging music and things like that. And then you had Kanye, who was kind of like a fresh breath to the industry. So how did you feel when you first were like Kanye? Or where were you at when you were introduced to Kanye West, I should say?
2: Well, I was a baby. I was like eight years old and Christian parents. I was not listening to Kanye. So I probably got introduced to Kanye when I was in college and I started you know exploring my own music and stuff so mm-hmm. that, that's when i like fell in love with him and the whole dark twisted fantasy and i had to actually go back and revisit those songs because i i was there for the mtv days with you know all falls down but i had to re- really revisit his um his music once i became a fan of his um during the dark twisted fantasy
1: yeah and i know uh carlos is saying in the chat the carlos is saying Um, It was conscious music without being boring, depressing, or chastising. Facts. And that's why a lot of us liked it. Like even, like I said, one of the things that he has said in the All Falls Down song is that, you know, we're all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. And I remember, like, those lines really hitting me. Because we do a lot of things subconsciously because we are looking for approval, we are low key looking for for validation from other people. And to hear a rapper admit that, because so many times we hear rappers just being braggadocious, like yeah I got 15 chains, they're all iced out, I got a big house in the Hamptons, and okay, but you you have all that because you're self conscious and you want to fit in. So it was really dope to hear an artist just admit that. And,
2: you know, at the beginning of the documentary, we kind of saw a little bit of that because I think Kanye was kind of, you know, he had the grills in his mouth. He almost had like a a different accent almost at the beginning. And, you know, Mm -hmm. for him to, you know, stay true to himself, like this is a, a son of an English professor, like his father was a marriage counselor, like he was raised in a really good environment so Mm -hmm. you know with someone who encouraged him so for him to like break away and actually stay true to himself i really admired that you know but and and it's really hard to do especially in the industry that he was in
1: yeah definitely i mean he comes from a background like you said you know two-parent household before his parents got divorced And it wasn't like your typical story, like, oh, my dad was a crackhead and left the family. My mom was a struggling single mom who was on welfare. That wasn't his backstory. And I think that was really interesting because there's so many Black people who are just regular, everyday Black folks. Everybody's parents weren't crackheads in the 80s and 90s. Everybody's, you know, daddy didn't leave their household destitute. So I think that was a, you know, a breath of fresh air because so many times, especially in hip hop, it's always the struggle, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's always the struggle that's being pushed, the struggle parenting, the single parent household. And he was like, look, my mom had a good job. I lived in China when I was six years old, you know, I traveled the world <laughs> with my mom. And, you know, he did a lot of things that weren't normal for a quote unquote rapper. And that's what I really loved about that, you know, is that his background was just so different. And I think that that also played a role in why they try to play him, like Rock Nation it's almost like they were scared to give him shine because they just wanted him to be the beat maker. You know, just make us cool beats. You know, you'll get a check. Nobody's trying to hear that shit that you're talking about. And Kanye had enough, you know, confidence within himself. And, you know, like he said, why do people call it overconfident? You should be very confident in yourself to know that what you're putting out there and the hard work that you're putting into somebody's going to vibe with it. Somebody's going to eventually like it. And I remember that scene when he crashed the Rock Nation offices and mm-hmm. he's playing all this music and they're just brushing him off like, who gives a shit about this song? And <laughs> then to think that these songs end up being like Grammy-nominated songs and they're, you know, they're a part of the lexicon to this day. You know, single black female still, you know, I'm addicted to retail. Like all of that isn't like the lexicon. So it was just really crazy to see like how they just literally brushed him aside. Like he was not going to be that guy.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I feel like if Kanye wasn't who he was, like if his mother didn't raise him to be that overconfident, arrogant person that he is, he wouldn't have made it through that, you know? That that was a lot to deal with. He, he went through a lot. And I, the whole time I'm just like, man, they keep playing Kanye. They keep playing him. They oh, you know, I want beats like stick to the beats, you know, like all of this. And that's just so discouraging to hear every day. But he like he went through it. And it's only because of how he was raised that he was able to make it.
1: Exactly. Um, Miss Paula Mitchell in the chat says, he was the link between the backpacker that liked gangster music, but wasn't about to front because that wasn't him. Exactly. And it was very interesting, too, how even at the beginning of the documentary, that's one thing that we all noticed, his voice was so different. His accent was so different. Like, I forgot that that's how Kanye used to sound. And I don't know if his voice kind of changed, you know, once he had that accident because it really, messed up his jaw and everything had to be rewired. But I mean, he sounded like, a like when he would talk, he just sounded like a little gangster dude from the South side of Chicago. Yep. So it was just really funny to just listen to like how much his his vernacular has changed over the years, you know? But um, another thing too, is that people had so little respect for him. I remember the white dude kept calling him Cayenne. You know, so I wish your name again, Cayenne? And it's like, no, my name is Kanye, <laughs> you know? So it's like, they just wanted, it's like they kept trying to do little things to discourage them, to make them feel like, you're not that dude, just stick to making beats, stick to making everybody else hot. And he was like, no, you know, if I'm good enough to be rapping around Jay-Z, to be on the same level as a DJ Clue, I can do this, I can do this rap thing. So I just thought it was really dope how he invested in himself and he was sneaking into like MTV studios late at night. And he kept- working and trying to finish his album. You know, even the behind the scenes with Jamie Foxx when they were creating um that song together, I just thought that was so dope. I thought that was classic. Oh, that was really cool. and Marvin Gaye, that, that's my song to this day. <laughs>
2: like,
3: I love that song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really dope just to see how they put all that together and it's very interesting because it's like he went from you know, being the beat maker to really knowing like what worked and putting his own spin, like on the music. And so when they came out with Slow Jams, like it was just a major hit. I mean, that song took off and that was really for me, my first introduction to Jamie Foxx really being like knowing him as a singer. Like I knew him as a comedian. I never paid him any mind as a singer, even knew that he could sing. So then to see, like, the people that Kanye would hook up with and do music with was definitely different because nobody in the industry was doing collaborations with Jamie Foxx.
2: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, Kanye has a way of bringing the best out of artists. I feel like a lot of the times when he when he works with different artists, like, it, it brings them to another level. Like, if you want a song with Kanye, that's a big deal. So I think he he has a way of even, you know helping other artists improve their craft. So I think he definitely helped Jamie out. He probably, you know, saw that little bit of potential and turned it into something great. So like, yeah, overall,
1: I, I believe that that's what probably even helped Jamie get that role of Ray. Yep. You know, playing that character of Ray. So we're gonna go ahead and um, take in some calls. If you guys wanna, you know, talk to us, talk about the Yeezy documentary, the Genius documentary, excuse me um raise your hand and i can let you on stage so i'm going to start bringing people up make sure your phone is muted until um i say all right yeah make sure you guys are ready gotta be ready ready. right get ready get ready um P, can you go ahead and unmute your microphone yay hi everybody hey how are you good how are y'all doing we're doing good we're doing good, good. I had to
4: run upstairs I was cooking I am like uh uh-uh, uh I gotta go on she on now I'll be back in a second <laughs> so, so did,
1: um, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead I'm sorry oh I was just gonna say did you get a chance to watch the genius documentary and how did I you like did. it
4: Um, I actually did enjoy it. I watched all three. It did take me a little bit to finish watching um, the last two um, episodes, but um, me and my husband, we actually did finally finish watching it. Um, Actually, the third one I thought was actually the best one for me because I actually got to finally understand um, Kanye when it comes to like the mental health element of him Mm-hmm. because, um, you know, mostly everybody always talks about, you know, how he's crazy or he has mental health issues and things like that. But to actually visually be able to see him in kind of like that manic uh, rambling stage when he was, uh, I think they were, he was talking to the investors when they were in um the Bahamas, when they were, I guess, talking about land or something like that, or uh, real estate, you got to see him kind of just rambling. And it's like, what are you talking about? You know, and it's like some of the stuff was kinda making sense, but some of it wasn't. But um I thought it was a really good um series. Cootie did an excellent job. Um I will say he kinda <laughs> added his little two uh sense in there too because you sure did Uh, get to touching on his family and his daughter. And I thought it was cute at the end that you got to see his daughter graduate, especially seeing where she had came from. But um, Mm -hmm. I just thought it was nice to see how, even just in life, how sometimes the relationships that you have with people that, you know, you may be close at one point in life and things happen, you know, whether it be fame or whether, you know, maybe somebody goes off to college or you have children, you know, you just kind of go ups and downs, peaks and lows with, you know, certain relationships. And obviously um Kanye was still able to have that connection with him that um when he kinda like did need him, because I think it was like, you know, um a give and take for both of them, because you know, Cootie actually, you know, used Kanye and Kanye obviously, you know, used Cootie, but he was able to at least rely on him and like kinda uh have trust with him because, you know, they came from a certain, you know, background and grew up together. And also, like in that third documentary as well, too, because Cootie could have kept like recording certain situations, like when he was going on those mental health ran, uh, rambles, and he could have just exploited him for that, but you know, I, I personally never really heard too much of him you know uh, coming out or like exploiting him or anything like that. He even so said he that when he got it. the yeah, certain points that he had to even you know put the camera down because he was like, this wasn't something that he was like necessarily used to seeing. But if I can't okay. real quick, I wanted to go to the beginning. Um, Kanye uh, is very touching to me. I mean, although he's going through his stuff right now, but um, Kanye really reminds me a lot of my older brother. Um, we grew up in the suburbs. You know, uh, our mothers, like Kanye's mother, was very educated. You know, we came from a particular uh, background with black women when they were, you know, single parents and um with my situation, it was due to, you know, drugs and the Vietnam War, which is why my father wasn't around. But, um, our mothers were educated enough and they educated us, especially in like Black history. So we knew like the struggles that Black people had went through and the things that we had overcome and, you know, and to know that, hey, like, you know, society is not always just going to look at you and things aren't always going to be easy for you because you you are Black. So, okay she definitely was a brilliant um woman behind that um all right
1: but and- well, we got to go on to the next talk oh, oh, we got a sorry. bunch of people <laughs> online go but on. thank you so much for calling in sis it was good talking to you
4: let me talk y'all have a
1: good uh-huh. you too bye all right just- let me go ahead and bring on um oh what were you gonna say alexis
2: i was gonna say you know for a while i was really upset with Kanye about you know, certain things that he did with Cootie and I'm... I'm oh, we're going to
1: talk on that. We're going to okay. definitely speak on okay. that. Yep. Trust me, you got time. So we're just going to finish off the first half, but we're going to definitely get into Cootie and we're going to go into the second and the third half. So trust me, we're definitely going to go in on that because we still trying to figure out, did Cootie get paid before Netflix? So, yes, yeah. We know. <laughs> so let me go ahead and bring on uh, Shirley Bossy Cat. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
3: Hey, T, and hi, everybody. Hello. Hey. Um, I really love this documentary, but I don't want to say something that I, I don't know if anybody's going to agree with, but I wish that he put as much energy as he put into his music, into his family life. You know what I mean? Like the part of it that really bothered me is seeing what kind of family he came from, like how supportive his mom was of him and mm-hmm. juxtaposing that with how now his, his kids are experiencing him. You get what I'm saying? Like not too um long ago, people um listened to that new song he put out, that easy song. And mm-hmm. I really did not like the way he was talking about his kids in that thing. It kind of gave me that like episode of, um, um fresh prince of bel-air when they're like you live in the free car uh, you're getting a free ride a free ride in a fancy car and it was just like like how could you have that kind of energy for your kids when you wasn't really following the life path that your mom wanted for you but still she was pouring into like i literally cried that first um um episode where because i think he had like a run-in with one of his um, people that he used to know back in the day and if you saw how horrible he felt before he when he came in and you could tell that she felt that off of him and and she gave him the analogy of the giant and Mm the smile he had when he left and it's like you had a mom that supported you so much even though but
1: but even still though it's just music it wasn't like he was it was humor. Like he's teaching his kids to like if you listen to the lyrics, he's teaching his kids more or less to be humble. You know, he right. said, you know, get on your brother's shoulders, quit being spoiled, and go get those
3: ramen noodles. Right. And, and I, so I don't think he's do really disrespecting them though. I would believe that if he spent more time with them, because how how much of a parent are you going to be in from Cody? How much of a parent are you going to be when you're living in Mercedes-Benz Stadium? How much of a parent are you going to be when you're flying in and out of Miami Fashion Week? Even in that same song, he was like, like kind of bragging about watching his kids for only five hours. I'm like, is that really, you know what I mean? That's the part of it that to me, Cause this feels like he's trying to redefine his legacy and yeah, the music stuff is so amazing. And we're glad that he, you know, created this stuff for us to experience, but the stuff that really matters is being there for your family. Like your mom was there for you. That's like the okay. point. Yeah. Right, well, thank <laughs> you for, for having coming me.
1: In. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Thank you. Okay. Lexi.
2: Um we know like I said I'm gonna defend Kanye a lot here (laughs) you know he has a lot of he has a lot to get out like this man is a musical genius and you know he says I'm a Shakespeare of my time and so I mean we can't we can't sit up here and judge his parenting we're not there in his day-to-day so we don't necessarily know what he's contributing to his children's lives and what he's not
1: and Kim has gone all the time, too. So I mean, exactly. does that mean that she's not a good mom or there for her kids? Exactly. I mean, I think the thing is we compare ourselves who work nine to five jobs or, you know, if you're more of an entrepreneur, like the way you raise your kids are going to be different, especially when it comes to like money and having access to nannies and things like that. And I think, you know, the way they raise their kids is going to look different than the average mom and dad working a nine to five, because let's not forget a nine to five parent that works every day, they can sometimes be neglectful too, because why they have to work, they have to pay bills. So sometimes it just looks different in different circumstances. Yeah. So let me go ahead and um, let's bring on Ms. Stura. Ms. Stura, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
5: Hello, can you hear me? Hi.
1: Yeah, we can hear you perfectly.
5: Hey, just gotta say, I love you, lovely T. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. But outside of that, I will say I didn't watch them um the show, but I am like a huge Kanye fan. He's like my problematic fave. So I'm loving him all the way. Um I will start by saying that um, for me and I feel like the rest of like the Black community, like uh, when Kanye first came out, I feel like he showed that like Black people are not a monolith. We're not all gangster rappers from the hood and all of that. To me, Kanye was like a bit of me. We're a little ghetto. We're a little bougie. We aspire for more, you know, and I feel like a lot of people could relate with, relate to that. And he was like the only person doing that at that time. Also, I feel like sometimes a lot of people don't give, like, Kanye his respect because, one, he had to, like, struggle to even get, put himself on. Two, I feel like um, if it wasn't for Kanye, we wouldn't even have people like Drake. All of these singer rappers, they would not exist. Like, Kanye really, like, he was a trendsetter, and I feel like sometimes people don't really give him his credit on that. Um, Yeah, even with the fashion. You know, when he first
1: came out and he's wearing a lot of his fashions, People called him weird, they said he was gay. Now you got Jim Jones sacheting and, and, and gallivanting across the Paris runways, honey. So he definitely paved the way now that you see all these so called gangster rappers wearing, you know, high fashion and going to, you know, the fashion shows over there in Europe. They weren't doing this before Kanye
5: no you have a that you just made a valid point that's so true like before Kanye everyone was wearing the baggy pla- baggy pants baggy shirts like he really came with the whole proper look like he was a trendsetter of his own and I mean though he really was kind of hopping off like the backpack wave as well but he kind of I feel like he kind of bridged the gap in general definitely um Also, what was the last thing I wanted to say? Um, Another, like, another big thing for for me was that Kanye always seemed like an artist. He always seemed bigger than just, like, a rapper. He always seemed like it was, like, art to him. And to me, like, other rappers in that time, they weren't, they were just rappers. But Kanye always came to me like an artist, like, you know, like a a mad genius. And um, the only, my big, my biggest critique for Kanye is I always feel like, he messed up when he kind of became the stereotypical, like, things that he, like, the things that he rapped against is what he became, I, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, like, he used to be like, oh, all we care about is money, clothes, fancy cars, women, and that's literally all Kanye became. And, like, I don't know if he, like, spoke that onto himself, but, like, I just feel like he lost himself along the way.
1: Okay, so, yeah. well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so Lexi, so we're gonna move on to season, to episode two of um, the Kanye Genius doc. So in episode two, that act was called The Purpose. And so in this act, basically at this point, I feel like a legit fly on the wall. Yeah. Like you see Cootie's there, he's recording everything. And one of the things I really just loved about episode two was the fact that it was just so many like archives of just hip hop culture. It was like almost like a documentary of all these artists coming up at the time, like his conversations with Pharrell, you know, before he even dropped his album. Um, even seeing the whole Talib Kweli and most deaf situation, it, it's funny because what was it, this past spring or summer, Um, him and Talib got into it because Kanye West kind of low-key dissed him on Drink Champs. Did you hear about that? I don't, I didn't.
2: If you didn't record okay. on it, if you didn't make a video I didn't I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: so he was on he was on drink champs and basically um I think he kind of said like Talib was like a whack rapper or something like that and y'all know him you can't say that about Talib Kweli. he going to get on Twitter and go off. And so he was very like he basically said that um let me see I have it written down. You asked my opinion, my opinion is that, okay, he was saying basically that Common was a thousand times better rapper than uh, Talib Kwali. And Talib got really upset about that. And so he had like took to social media to write what Kanye said to him all those years ago, that, you know, you're one of my favorite rappers and this and that. And I remember people kind of just dismissed Talib, like, okay, if we didn't see it, we don't care. So then when that part was in the documentary, I was like, oh, snaps. I don't know if anybody caught that. Did y'all catch that chap? That basically in the documentary, you can see when he was saying that uh, Talib and most deaf took me in when nobody else would. They were like, you know, um, they basically taught him a lot of stuff about the music and you could see him where he's like so grateful to have them in his life. Okay, so Camille, you peeped that. So I found it funny then he tried to shade him on the drink champs. Talib Kweli called him out like, nah, you wasn't saying that all those years ago. And people just kind of dismissed Talib. Like, that shut up, really sir. You know and then the video the shows team. like, damn, okay, maybe you know, Talib wasn't lying after all. Because Kanye was definitely grateful for, for them to be there in his corner at that time. So I thought that was really funny that Cootie caught that and he didn't realize that the drama was going to happen, but he happened to, ha- you know, catch that clip. So when the drama played out this summer, I just laughed when I saw that whole little clip that Talib was talk- talking about in the Genius documentary.
2: Yeah, but I mean, th- his opinion could have changed over time, you know, Mhm. the longevity. Like, I feel like Common's work is better, personally, See, this is what you
1: get with Kanye Stan. This is <laughs> what you get with Kanye Stan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm to be I hard. mean, Co- <laughs> Common's catalog is nice too, but Kanye was trying to act like Tyler wasn't that dude. You know what I mean? So it was just, it was just funny to watch it. But okay, Kanye Stan, <laughs> we love karma <common> too. <laughs> So now another thing in episode um two that I had really enjoyed was just watching as Kanye was starting to blow up and you see Cootie just filming everything, you know, Cootie's there at all the shows and then they're filming the video. So they're doing like the Jesus walks video. It was so dope to see the behind the scenes of that. And, you know, even the... Um, the Kanye West through the wire to see that they placed little green screen sheets on the pictures. Yeah, Cause I remember being that. younger, right? Before I got into editing, like, I wonder how they did that. So it was just dope to see like the behind the scenes of how they made that work.
2: Yeah, that was amazing. Just seeing how they laid out every picture there. Like it was real old school, you know, like now in the day you probably could have put that on, you know, some some Apple product, but they actually physically put that down with green screen. It was It was amazing. So that was, mm-hmm. that was really like surreal to watch and just the work that they put into it. And it's it's kind of just sad because I don't feel like that happens now. Everything is like auto tune. It's all done in the studios. Like we do CGI for videos and people don't put that much work into music videos anymore. I feel like music videos are just not never as good as they were back
1: then. No, back then they told a story.
2: Yep. You they know, all... that's
1: what made them interesting. Whatever they were rapping about, the vision and the visuals match what they were rapping about for the most part. They played like mini movies and mini documentaries. Now you can have a dope song and you go to watch the video and it has nothing to do with the topic that they're rapping about. That's why, for the most part, unless a video is viral and people are sending it to me over and over, I hate watching music videos because yeah. they end up messing the song for me. Because yep. you know, I grew up in an era where the lyrics match the video. It matched the visual aspect. And you know, we can thank Michael Jackson for that. You know, He set the bar high. And yep. now between the budgets being lower and people just not having any creativity, they don't make music videos like they used to. I know. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on some more people. We're on act two. So go ahead and meet your microphone. Um, Logan.
6: Hey, T. Hey, Lexi. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How about you?
6: I'm good. Um, I just want to come on here and say um, I'm a huge Kanye fan. Like, I love Kanye. Like, if you don't know my favorite artist, which is Kanye, then you don't know me at all. Like, I love Kanye. But just oh, right. because I'm a huge Kanye <laughs> fan, like, I can admit when he's wrong. You know, like, some mm-hmm. people, they can't hold their favorite artists accountable. But um, I wanted to say, like, I want to touch on, like, I want to say, like, um, like, you know how, like, some people are born for music. Like, well, not born for music, but you know how, like, some people, like, they were born, and they were put on this earth to do certain things. I feel like mm-hmm. Kanye was like born for music, like since he like you know like since his mother birthed him, like like even his mm. name, his name means the only one like in the document like the, in the documentary, like he said like you know my name Kanye, he means the only one you know, right. and I feel like also too like i I also feel like Like, the reason why he's so big as he is, like, he's so diverse. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. stick to one thing, even with all his albums. Like, you can't go back to one album and say, this album sounds like this album. Like, he's constantly evolving with everything he does and put out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like he just like he he's like he doesn't stick on the same thing. Like he wants to make sure he's apart from everything and, and like you know everybody that's out that's making music. Like he's himself no matter what. Like you can't tell him nothing, and that's what mm-hmm. I like about him. Like he's so big on individualism. Like and I, like I love that about him. But I that's also that's
1: good. Now one thing I will point out is you know. When you said she felt like he was born and ready for music, I think it homes back to the parenting of Donda yeah. because she saw that in him young. And so being that she was a teacher at the college, what she did was start you know, looking at college students who were into music. And so at 13, she hooked up Kanye with um, Doug Infinite and No I.D., And they were the ones who taught him how to produce and mix and all that stuff. So that's, you know, why I have to put a lot of respect on her name, because so many times our kids say, well, I want to be this and I want to be that. And the parents are like, yeah, that's cute. Go sit down. You know, like get out my face. But instead of just saying that, like she got him around mentors, she got him around people who could bring that out of him because nobody's born knowing how to do anything. You know, eventually you had to be taught. You had to be an apprentice, things like that. So I thought that was really dope that instead of dismissing him and saying, you know, go read a book, you know, you're never going to be a rapper. Go find something else to do. Or no, you need to be an English professional like me because so many times parents want their kids to do what they do. You know, she really honed in on that. And so that's why he was so hurt later on when you had Infinite Doug and, and No ID like dissing him. When he's like, I looked up to y'all. Like y'all put me on. Like why would y'all, you know, diss me low key? So I thought that part was very interesting in the documentary.
6: Yeah. um, Also when um, you know when you know his mentors, you know when they went on when they went to the radio station, it was like you know oh like they were dissing Kanye. I felt like also too like this is how I felt like feel about it that situation. I felt like you know when someone teaches somebody something like you know like I'm I'm gonna teach you this. I'm gonna give you this, but I'm not going to really expect you to get, you know what I'm saying, as big as me. I feel like in a way like they got jealous cuz you know he he surpassed them. I feel like yeah, that's yeah. what it was a little bit. It's
1: the it's the mentor mentee complex. Yep. You know, I'm the mentor and now the mentee surpass surpassing me, it makes people feel away. That's why I said, you know, ego is a big thing in any situation. From when I talked about the whole Kanye and Kimye thing, be careful who you build with, and is your ego and you know strong enough to stay in check if that person who you built with decides to leave. And that's that whole situation that happened with No Idea and Kanye and them, because he's supposed to be the little fella. You know, we yeah. trained him, we taught him, you know, we gave him our knowledge, and now he's surpassing us. It, it can you know really mess with people's egos, but it happens all the time.
6: Yeah, Um. I also want to hit on one thing. Um. I'm not sure if you heard, like, the Donda, too, but I feel like on that album, he got lazy on that. Like, I felt like, because, you know, like, today's music, like, I feel like people don't really put that much into their craft. So I feel like with who he was around and in the studio with, I felt like he just got lazy with it. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was boo-boo. Like, it was trash. I'm not going to lie.
1: Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much for calling in. It was good to talk <laughs> to you.
6: <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all.
2: Bye. Two, I'm gonna I'm let you finish, but Donda too <laughs> was was a fire. That it was amazing. I I truly enjoyed it. But I just wanted to, you know, like we had to think about what Donda did. Like she named her son Kanye, and it's in Sawali mm-hmm. And me, the only one. So she really just raised this monster. She created this self-absorbed person, and she knew exactly who her son was, and she knew what she had created. It's like a Frankenstein that. Nobody could stop. That's who Kanye is. And I like, I hate when people talk about, you know, the old Kanye and the new Kanye, like Kanye has been the same day one to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Names are very powerful. You know, um, that's how they always say, you know, name your child, something, whatever you want that child to be in life, make sure it's something positive, something strong and things like that. Cause names can almost create a child's destiny.
2: Yep, and it sure did. Like he—he's the most absorbed, most arrogant, like selfish person ever. So she—she <laughs> she, mission accomplished.
1: Let me bring on Andrea. Andrea, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, hey, lovely T. Hey, hey, uh, how Melissa. Are
7: you? I, I'm fine. I just wanted to say, first of all, um, Kanye and his mother. I feel like that when they came onto the scene, they he really studied rap to the point where he knew he had to be unique. Like he looked at everyone, he looked at the Tupac generation, he knew Tupac was unique. He looked at the Jay-Z, he looked at the, the Biggie Smalls, he knew there was a pattern and he wasn't living that lifestyle. So he knew that he had to be him. And then when he came on, and it and it wasn't acceptable, I feel like at that point he had a challenge. And even though his, his it wasn't recorded, that his mother was like, "Hey, you got to be like them. You have to be better."
6: Mm-hmm. He
7: focused his mind to be better. And I feel like when you are uh, when you care about what you do, you don't only try to be good at it. You try to be better at it. So you always re- revolving um evolving. And I feel like at that point, that's what made him not only unique, but what made him to become better every time he uh, put his effort into what he was trying to do. That's number one. Uh, My second thing I wanted to say was, first of all, I appreciate everything you do. Let me put that all out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because uh, um, follow all your platforms. And um, I think it takes a lot to, uh, put the truth out there, regardless of knowing that you're going to be affected by it mentally, emotionally, or financially. Um, mm-hmm. And number three, when it comes to uh, Kanye, I feel like this. If his mother was still alive, I don't, I'm not going to say he wouldn't have encouraged Kim Kardashian to be a better person because he is a forgivable person. I feel like he He believe in people having second chances, but I don't believe he would, she would have been that person that he chose to make a family with. You understand what I'm saying? Because I Mm -hmm. feel like his mother and his mother would have been able to be there to say, Hey, listen, she is a, this type of person, but Kanye sit back, relax, relax wait and watch for the overhaul and see if these characteristics is the person that you really want to choose from. Um, I had lost my mother before, and so as my uh, as my current wife. And sometimes when we, when we lose someone that's so close, number one, it's nothing like losing your mother. Any death under that is kind of like a numb factor. And you just dive into whatever you're going to do because it's hard to cope with. So I can see how he just dove into being on the stage and pushing it out and putting all his anger into his music. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when you, when, when you're doing that, you become blindsided into things that is not for you. You know, you just want to make everything better. And so I feel like, I feel like at some point when he chose Kim to be more than, than what she was supposed to be in his life is because he was blindsided and anything, Showed him otherwise. He was like, "You know what? I can do this." Hey, K. Hey, hey, Kanye. You. you probably need to just chill. No, I can do this, and he probably right. felt like that because the only person that could tell him, "Hey, yeah, you might need to chill," was his mother. When he's no he, longer there, mm-hmm. right? And he could listen.
1: Okay. Well, thank listen. you so much. I know. I'm loving that yes, Boston accent. <laughs> I can tell you some <laughs> <laughs> I can
7: tell
8: you. <everything>.
1: Baby, she said she can tell from of Baltimore.
8: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Baltimore
7: you
1: accent. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for calling in, sis. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye. Oh, bye, bye. <laughs> I love a good Baltimore accent. You can tell she was from Baltimore. There was them U's and twos. <laughs> but no, she was saying some real stuff, and I do feel I'm um, Lexi that. His mother's death definitely took a toll on him.
2: Yeah, um, just heartbreaking for him because his mother was his best friend, his, his first manager, his biggest fan. Like she was so much to him and that kind of just like rocked his world. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine, you know, me personally, I've never lost anyone close to me. So I, I can't even imagine what that's like.
1: Yeah, and one thing I never understood until this documentary, I remember for a while, Kanye blamed himself for his mother's death. I remember when he got up on stage and he was like, you know, um, I sold my soul to the devil. And it was a crappy meal. And all I got was some toys and a happy meal. And he was talking about, you know, like rapping. And they were talking about sacrificing and was his mother's sacrifice. It was like all that talk that came out around the time that his mother died. And I thought maybe that's why he did the rap because that's when all those Illuminati videos are really popular on YouTube. What I learned from watching this documentary, the reason why he felt guilty is, let's think about how Donda died. It wasn't like she died in a plane accident on the way to a Kanye show or a car accident. She died from plastic surgery. And what I learned watching the documentary is that as Kanye grew, he wanted his mother alongside him all the time. Oh. on the red carpet, Oprah Winfrey show, Jay Leno. she was always there. So I think as his fame grew, her fame also grew. And with that fame comes a lot of insecurity, comes ego, and those are all things that as human beings sometimes we let you know we let go and check. So, I believe what happened because, thankless, I'm just keeping it real, and this is no disrespect. But watch how when Cootie was first filming Donda, she was just a regular mom. Hair yep. up in the little twisted bun and, you know, just a regular outfit. And, you know, this is Kanye, my son, and she's rapping. But as Kanye's fame was growing, you see his dress is changing. He's wearing more, you know, um, name brand. She's dressing up, she's not wearing like those bell bottom type pants. You know, her style is changing. And because now she's in the public eye, I feel she started getting insecurities because with fame, people pick you apart. They start talking about you. They start pointing out stuff that if you were just a regular Joe Schmo, it's not really gonna be fodder for them to even talk about because you're just a regular person. Like, who cares? But I think with his fame, it brought out some insecurities in her. Hence, because I remember I was shocked. I'm not gonna lie, I was super shocked when I found out that Donna died from plastic surgery. Cause I'm like, what? Why would she even want plastic surgery? You know, she's an older woman, she's an English professor, she has all these degrees. She, you know, she's, she's, you know, she's done a lot in her own right that she wouldn't even have to fall victim to plastic surgery. But watching this documentary really opened my eyes. Cause I didn't realize she was such an intricate part. I knew they were close but I didn't know that as he was growing, he was bringing her everywhere and she's on these red carpets and, you know, all these lights and cameras. And eventually you too want to look at, you know, your best, you know, slimmer and and whatever, you know, things that she wants. Cause she got lipo and think of breastlets and, you know, a few things. So I think part of that was her wanting to look her best for Kanye on the red carpet. So now it made more sense to me watching this documentary, why Kanye felt, it was his fault. Because if it wasn't for his so-called fame, the mother would have never felt the need to go change herself. And I don't see nobody hitting that point.
2: Yeah, and that's just, that was a, a lot to grapple with because it is unfortunately true. You know, like if if it wasn't for his success, then she, she wouldn't be in the public eye and she wouldn't have to worry about those things. And it's just really unfortunate. It's really sad. And I think like my heart breaks for him because his statement is kind of true.
1: Yeah. And somebody in the chat is saying they agree. And that's kind of how Portia's mom did too. Cause before when she was on, you know, real Hospital, she was well, like, you know, regular mom, pretty lady. And now she's steadily undergoing plastic surgery because with her daughter's fame, her fame has elevated. So now those insecurities are coming out and, Oh, well maybe, you know, I'm a little flabby here or a little, whatever, whatever here, let me get a nip and tuck. So Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a cautionary tale, but it's just, it's, either way, it's just super sad, you know, and watching them and seeing how close they were. Like I said, it still blows me away watching her rap songs that Kanye wrote, you know, before the fame, and she knows them verbatim. So it wasn't just her listening with a half ear, like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's nice. Like, she really took time to study the words that he was saying and to memorize them and rap them right along with her son. Their connection was dope. Their Damn. connection was so
2: dope. You got to think about, like, he he's a sick rapper and his wordplay. And, you know, a lot of that wordplay and the words that he used and the metaphors and the things that he puts into his music, that's from his mother. You know, like, like her knowing, being an English professor, so it's it's a terrible loss for him. And just the, the worst part of this documentary was just terrible to go through that. And, you know, Cootie was there the whole time. Right. Yeah, you know, it's a lot to deal
1: with. Yeah, Cootie definitely was there. And I mean, he filmed so much stuff. And one thing I did love about Cootie's relationship with Donda is that even as, as his relationship with Kanye kind of fell apart or got distanced, right? Donda still gave him gigs. Yep. Like, I love that the Donda would still call him and say, you know what, Cootie, I got a job for you. Can you do this? Can you do that? And he was there to film like their family, you know, whatever they are doing, like a reunion or whatever. You know, he filmed a lot of things for Donda that didn't even have anything to do with Kanye, which I thought was dope. Cause at that point she was at a, at a level where she could have asked, you know, quote unquote, Hollywood videographer. And she always reached back to Cootie.
2: And I think, you know, as I was watching it, I saw, like, Cootie is very similar to Donda as well. Like, I saw a parallel between them in the way that they speak positively and speak light into Kanye. So, like, I just, like, I fell in love with Cootie. You know, I was in I was in the chat, I was like, oh, he looked good too. <laughs> like, I really <laughs> fell in love with
1: Cootie. <laughs> yeah, I think Hooties was Cootie was everybody's fan favorite. And we're yeah. gonna get on him um in just a moment. I'm gonna go ahead and bring on some more calls. So let me go ahead and um bring on Unique. Unique, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello? Okay, let me go ahead and bring on I'm just beauty.
8: Hello T. Hi, how are um, you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm sorry, I got a baby on my chest, so I'm gonna talk real fast and get off of here. Okay. But um I just wanted to um let you know what he did to Shaka Khan um when he sampled her song through the wire. Mm-hmm. Um I watched a interview um about Shaka Khan. And um she was saying that she thought she was supposed to sing like her son had um told her about Kanye about his red. and he wanted her to sing the song for him, the sample. And um Shaka Khan was in it, you know, she was ready for it, but she was, you know, mad because he didn't ask her. He um Are you actually, talking about the black T G interview? Yes,
1: yes, ma'am. Okay, I, I just that. watched that. And now, this I feel so my sorry. Issue. Now, this is my issue with Shaka Khan. And a lot of people yes, who we we want, want to drug up OT, okay? Because I know a lot of y'all are just <laughs> out here. Okay? When Kanye West came out with Through the Wire, why didn't she have all this energy when she decided to go on stage and perform with him?
2: With You're right.
1: Okay, you're right. You, you can't come out twenty years later because you <laughs> want to sit on Vlad's couch and just be mad, just be because you know they they want to get Vlad T to go viral. Because I don't you're recall right. her you're saying right. any of this twenty years ago. And let's not forget she performed that song with Kanye West several times. Okay. Are right.
8: okay. you right? I
1: think What she that. don't want us to do is talk about that versus. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now I know exactly which one you're talking about because I want because it came up alongside. One of my Kanye videos, I said, What is Shaka Khan? Ta- uh, what is she talking about? Right, I said, she, she mad about through the wire. I said, This was 2004. <laughs> so I said, and I watched and I'm just shaking my head, like, Okay, am I missing something? Because you have performed the song with him and got a check, and that's times.
8: how right, right. And so see, they see they I didn't mad, know that, him, ma'am.
1: Oh, she ain't gonna, <laughs> hey, ain't gonna do that. Oh, okay, well, then get off blast couch looking to go viral. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Um And another thing I thought Kanye was a soft dude To be honest But when mm-hmm. I seen him pull up on that dude That was talking about him through the interview And confronting him I was like okay Kanye I see you You know pull up on him I don't remember his name that he pulled up It's been a, a while since I've seen the documentary But um oh. Another thing uh, I'm trying to hurry up before my oh. baby Start crying Um uh it's a lie. I'm just gonna go ahead and get off of here. Oh, about Pete Davidson. I know I'm getting off of here. But do you think this is what he's getting, like, this is um his karma? Because he did Mac Miller like that. He was teasing him mm. when when um she, he was with oh Girl Ariana, that Mac Miller with. Yes. Mm. So do you think that all is this, you know, happening with Kanye, like, Doing the music videos and talking about him. Now Do you, you think this is his karma? That we weren't thinking about oh, with yes, the baby on the yes, I didn't think about that. Yes, <laughs> in on I love Twitter me some and putting yes, his
1: Miller
8: out me. there. Okay, mm. he was doing yes. the same thing, so I love me some Matt Miller. So I was like, this Matt coming back, you know, coming for him, like, bro, this is what you get. Like, hey, I, you know but uh i wanted to get off of here but i did want to throw that out and uh i'm sorry i got off of subject or whatever but i love you and thank you for letting me talk definitely love you too take care of that baby thanks for calling in sis
1: thank you Bye-bye. bye 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 oh she made some good points i forgot all about that when he was yeah. being really messy towards Mac miller mm. so tea in the green room <laughs> right exactly Somebody else was saying something about Shaka Khan. Hold up. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Miss Paula says, exactly. Shaka always does this. She doesn't like rap, but her biggest hits is from hip hop influence. I feel for you. Yeah, it's it's the truth. That's why when I seen that interview, I said, really? I said, okay, let me just go ahead and move, move right along because she wasn't doing none of this complaining way back then. And she gets a bag. And even in the video, he showed her love. Like at the very end of the video, he literally like blows a kiss towards a yep. Shaka Khan poster. And what she needs to understand, this ain't the 1960s. A lot of folks don't, you know, the next generation, they don't know who Shaka Khan is like that. But guess what? When when Through the Wire came out, that made people be like, well, dang, who sang that song? And that made people go out and check for Shaka Khan again. So sometimes, you know, a lot of these old singers they get mad, but it's like your music is being introduced to a whole new generation. Be happy.
2: Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people do go back and look for that old music. So
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the truth. So now let me go ahead and bring on Kia. Kia XO, go ahead and unmute your microphone. I'm
9: here too. You can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. All right, girl. Well, you don't touch on all of the things that I kind of want to touch on. But before I get on that, I just want to say, girl, I follow you all the time. I love you. You all that. All right. So thank you, sis. No problem. So. All right. So I just wanted to say that um, it's so crazy to me how the dude um, stopped everything and went and just follow his career like he mm-hmm. saw it before it was happening and like all these years later now we're seeing everything that he was taping that's just crazy that he gave up everything to follow a dude around that was just his homie and now they are where they at now you know what i'm saying oh yeah and to me another thing i wanted to say is that um watching that it made me feel really bad for Kanye because it's like the way his mother said his name was just like so special you know what I mean and I feel like Mm -hmm. he's he, he he lost that and that's what he's looking for you know what I mean like nobody is ever going to give him that love that his mother gave him and like you said I do believe that he kind of feels like it's his fault That his mother died because if he didn't have all of the money and all of this fame she wouldn't have even been thinking about getting the surgery and stuff so that coupled with the fact that she's not there to give him that love and he feels like it's his fault you know i feel like that kind of just bugged him out and that made me have a different feeling towards him because I fucked with, oh, sorry. I was down with Kanye in the beginning, you know what I'm saying? But after a while, I was like, yeah, he bugging, he bugging, he mad at Jay-Z don't want to be his friend no more. Beyonce ain't, ain't messing with them. He just mad. But now I'm seeing everything, you know, from a different perspective, being that his mother passed away and he's acting out and we're seeing all of these emotions now.
1: You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it definitely showed you a lot of things that you would not have known. And none of that could have been possible
9: without Cootie. Right, right. And like to think that he gave up everything to follow this dude around and all these years later it paid off. I'm like, like, how did you know to take this part? How did you know to... Go to Jamie Foxx studio and come and tape it because this going to be the part that we need to see. How did you know to tape him going to Rockefeller Baseline, asking them, "Let me rap, let me rap," and them right. not doing it? You know what I'm saying? And then all these years later, I'm like, Dad, I thought Rockefeller was down with from the beginning. No, nope. and what was so wasn't.
1: interesting is that. I think he paved the way. He's, he's a visionary, just like Kanye's a visionary, right? Kanye's a visionary in his own little way. But Cootie as well, because one thing I noticed while he's filming Yay, mm-hmm. he keeps saying, yeah, we're shooting a documentary about my life. We're shooting a documentary about my life. And right. you could tell, initially, people were kind of uncomfortable because you see this guy here with a camera, he's shooting that types of stuff. We're trying By to see so in the office. Studio. This is like, yeah. why are you bringing us in here? He like, I'm yeah. making a documentary about my life. Yeah. But now fast forward to 2022, people film every damn where they don't have to put put notices in the social security building no filming here you can't film in this building you know what i mean because people are so used to going everywhere vlogging their lives Mm -hmm. but they're technically vlogging when there wasn't even a word for vlogging
9: right so to be innovative like that and have all of this come through and now y'all making millions off this netflix series is just crazy
1: right exactly well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. It was good to talk to you. No problem. You're welcome. Love you, T. Bye. Love you, too. Bye. So let's go ahead and talk about the cootie thing, Alexis. I think um, we're let's in part three now. Let's yeah, so part three is the awakening. Um, and that was really powerful. In that particular episode is when Donda dies. And when Donda dies, Kanye ends up calling cootie one week after the death. And he's there filming at like one of his tours and Kanye's just on stage snapping and going off. And then a few weeks later, he goes to film um, GL, who is one of the artists who's working on Kanye on a new song. And so as Kuti's filming, you can tell the vibe is off in the studio. Kanye, you know, kind of has an attitude and Kanye basically tells Kuti, stop filming. And when he said that Kuti did not hear or see anything from Kanye West for six years
2: that was crazy that was a lot because you know you know me like the first two episodes i'm falling in love with cootie and then i'm just like yeah this is all good you know i had, I never saw cootie around kanye but this is amazing like this is great they're best friends and then that really just like shocked me that you know they wouldn't speak for that long Mhm. and you know i was angry for a while i was just like man kanye I've never been mad at you after all the bullshit you done been <laughs> put me through. <laughs> I've never been more upset than how you did Cootie wrong. But I was yeah. really like thinking about it. And I'm just like, there must be an, a
1: reason why that happened. Yeah. And, you know, like the one I was saying earlier, sometimes you have to separate yourself from people. Sometimes people come in between friendships and, you know, relationships. And if it's meant to be, it will come back full circle which it eventually did. But I liked how while he was gone for those six years, you know, just for me watching it from an editor's eye, I love how he did the montage of everything controversial that Kanye went through in those six years without Cootie there by his side, side, because that was his day one and without his mother. So that montage spoke a lot, that when the people who were there with him from day one weren't in his life, look at how crazy and chaotic his life got. And then- What I also liked is in the meantime, while Kanye is going through this breakdown and snapping on social media and, you know, going off at concerts, Cootie's filming his daughter's life, you know, during that time and, you know, talking to his daughter and then we see his daughter being born prematurely and, you know, her struggles to survive and eventually just, you know, becoming a beautiful young woman. And so I thought that was really cool that he also showed like, I didn't just sit around waiting for a phone call from, yay. Ye, you yep. know what I'm saying? Um, I started just filming other things. I started living my life. And one of the things that made me really upset, and I know we talked about this on, um, we were all watching on Ray, was the Grammy after party. After Kanye won like his, I don't know, fourth or fifth Grammy. And mm-hmm. so Cootie decides to go to the Grammy after party and it was so uncomfortable. One, Kanye was drunk out of his mind. Like he said, Hennessy gonna be the death of me. Mm-hmm. And when he kept calling Cootie Chike. Yeah. And for y'all who don't know who Chike is, Chike is the other documentary filmmaker on this project. He's been one of Cootie's, you know, best friends for a long time. He's also one of the editors on the project. So as Cootie was filming, Chike was also there. And you know, Chike met Kanye via Cootie. So for Kanye to keep calling him cheeky, that was just so overly disrespectful. It's like, dude, this is your day one. Yep. You know, I just, I didn't like that. How did you feel about that moment?
2: I was angry. Y- y'all saw me in the chat. I was like, Kanye, like, how you gonna play cootie like this? Cootie done been down for you forever. How, you, how dare you? I was mad. Like, I was angry at him. And I didn't, I was, I couldn't think about it. But I, re- I recently, you know, I rewatched it. And I'm just thinking, like, why did this thing happen? And I, I, I'm I, like, I'm, 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 you know, Kanye Kanye's stand. So I'm gonna sit there and try to put myself in Kanye's shoes. Maybe, maybe he didn't believe that someone could be as genuine as Cootie was.
10: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: you know, maybe he was just like, he's had all of these snakes around him. He's had people who have done him wrong. Maybe he thought, you know, eventually Cootie's not going to be this loyal friend that he's always been to me. So maybe that's why he wanted to distance himself from Cootie.
1: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, again, it's another mentee mentor situation.
10: Yeah.
2: This
1: is a man who believed in you when nobody else believed in you. This yep. is a man who's been there through your ups and downs from the time you got into your car accident. And your your job was wired shut. Nobody even knew if you could rap again to the death of your mother. Like, Cootie knows where all the bones are buried. Yeah, it's, You know, not not trying to make it sinister, but I'm just keeping it real. He knows where all the bones are buried. So sometimes as people grow in fame, they don't want to be reminded of their past.
11: Yep. And because
1: I... Coogie was there for so much of Kanye's past and really helped to get to Kanye, helped Kanye to get to where he's at because of how much energy he put into Ye, I think it kind of made Jay feel a type of way after a while. And, you know... Even during that whole Grammy exchange, you know, the long awkward pauses and, you know, Cootie's saying, you know, if you call me Chica one more time, I'm gonna violate you. And then Kanye saying, man, fuck you, man, fuck. Like, I just thought it was just so over the top, yeah. you know, but part of that is he was drunk. But I think Cootie was that person that was grounded. a mirror for Kanye. He grounded because him. like people said, when he, when he first came out, he was talking more conscious stuff and, you know, more of that, you know, we all don't need to be buying jewelry at Jacobs, you know, we should be buying land and, you know, things like that. And then by the time he's blowing up and he's on his third and fourth album, you're literally crying because Louis Vuitton won't make you a partner. You're literally crying because you can't charge black people $600 for a pair of Yeezys, you know what I'm saying? So I think that was part, and this is me guessing, but I think that might have been part of his distancing from Cootie.
2: And it's like, you can't, you can't act out like how Kanye is acting out in front of people who know who you are, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're gonna, they're gonna check you on it. They're gonna be like, Kanye, what are you doing? Like, the, right. what's happening here? They're all people, friends like that are going to bring, bring you back to who you are. And I think that Kanye was just, he's just been in some, some trance, you know, where he's like doing these crazy things. And when, but it seems like he kind of calms down when he's around Cootie and that's why like he. Right. Like, he calls him all the time and they they always, you know, rekindle that friendship. So, you know, like when I was watching it, I was really angry, but in hindsight, you know, even Cootie said it himself, everything happens for a reason. And right. I, lo- I love that, you know, during that time, he took that time to raise his daughter. How could he raise his daughter if he was with Kanye? You know?
1: Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah. And somebody was saying in the chat, um, see if I can find it. Somebody's making a good point about, you know, Cootie being like a reflection and a constant reminder um, to Kanye, but I can't find it, they have wrote that in there. Oh, well, Cootie was the past um, of Kanye's roots. Kanye wasn't ready to see the truth and Cootie knows him exactly. Um, near the end of that you know that whole awkward situation at the grammy party he did end up coming to his senses and shouting cootie out and saying you know if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be here and you know he believed in me but you can tell at that point it was kind of the relationship and the connection was kind of fractured um and then cootie goes back home and you know take care of his family and stuff like that but what i also think is very interesting as well is just some of the footage You know, because Cootie would come back and forth, like every now and then it'd be like a random act that would have Cootie around Kanye. Like when um, he went to go film Common, when Common was going to do that festival in Chicago and Kanye was going to be the special guest. So Common reached out to Cootie and was like, can you come film? And this and that. And Cootie came and, you know, it's kind of like a mini mini reunion. And then there was another part um, that I really loved is it was a scene from The Life of Pablo and you see Kid Cudi, Travis Scott, Pusha T and Kanye and they're jumping. I remember that video going viral on social media a few years ago and to find out that Cootie's the one who shot that shot where they're like jumping and they're so excited because they're playing his new music you know, at the listening party. And I thought that was just really dope that Cootie also caught that as well.
2: Yeah, he, the Cootie with the cam, he gonna catch it. Like he ca- he caught the most beautiful moments and mm-hmm. like the the whole the whole piece of work it was honestly just beautiful. I cried multiple times watching that thing it that it was beautiful, and he he really is just a visionary, he's a beast, you know, like you had said it in the rave group, you were just like, you know what if Kanye had put Kuti on other projects,
1: you know. Yeah. I think for me, that's what really bothered me, you know, yes. as somebody who's, who's done video work and editing and things like that, because I don't care what Kanye, quote unquote, had or was making when he first got with Cootie. I don't think being real Cootie was getting paid or if he was getting paid, he definitely wasn't getting paid his worth because it's a lot to sit and film somebody 24 seven or every time they're doing something. And to not know if you're ever going to be compensated for it. And then don't even get started on the editing process, having to go through all of that footage and find out, you know, find different parts. So for Cootie to have been there filming all of this and to not be getting paid what he should have been getting paid. Cause trust me, that money was not there because for the amount of work that he was doing, Kanye would have been paying thousands of dollars an hour, which I know Kanye did not have it like that back then. Yeah. So that just shows how selfless Cootie was, that he believed in him so much. I'm going to give you all this free energy. I'm going to record all this footage. I just want to be here to capture this moment because I'm a visionary and I have a vision of forethought that eventually this will pay off. And yep. recently was announced that Cootie and Chike were paid $30 million, okay, okay? Yeah. $30 million by Netflix for this Kanye West documentary. So kudos to Cootie for being a visionary and just pushing through.
2: Yeah, that's a blessing. Like, I'm really happy to hear that. I did not look that information up. So that really makes me happy because I like he, he deserves every bit of that money plus more, you know, like it, what he created was beautiful. What he went through with this man, like being a true friend and staying by him, that's priceless. Like to have that kind of friendship that Cootie showed Kanye.
1: Yeah, and especially because Kanye kind of turned Hollywood on him, yeah, he you did. know. And even though he turned Hollywood on him, what I really respected about Cootie in this entire situation is that never once was he leaking video and audio. Never once did he badmouth them. He literally kept all that footage. He yep. just kept it and said, so when the time is awesome. right, right, we'll be able to make a documentary and show the world this. But he could have been messy and posting Kanye's rants and oh, look at Kanye back in you know 2004 when he was doing whatever. And he never did that. So just respects to him for all the hard work that he put in. And now he's able to basically build generational wealth for his daughter yep. just from that Netflix check alone. But I also felt like Kanye could have put him on. You know, yep. there's no reason that other people have to reach out to Cootie in hopes of Cootie getting a job. As much as Cootie did for Ye. I believe that Kanye could have had on filming on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you know, keeping him as like his own videographer personally. Mm-hmm. There just could have been a lot of avenues, especially being when, I mean, Kanye is still really big. He's still an A-list celebrity, but there was a time when Kanye was that guy and what Kanye wanted Kanye got. So he could have been like, this is my homeboy. He filmed Jesus Walks. He's been here from day one. When you see Kanye, you see me. Now I want him to start producing Hollywood movies, blockbuster movies. You know, I just think that he could have opened the doors for him a little bit more, but unfortunately exactly. he really didn't, but it still paid off in the end. Yep.
2: And just like Cootie said, everything happens for a reason. He said that in the documentary himself. And, you know, at the end of it, he praised God for it, you know,
1: so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let me go ahead and bring on a few more people here. We're going to go until about 7.30. Um, Miss Scully B, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, you guys. Hey, lovely T.
12: Hey, man, those latest deep dives you did, hey, the fire, fire. Thank you. But, um, I have like a few points I want to I want to talk about about Kanye. First of all, I knew from the first time hearing his music, he was like different. Like it was. He pretty much did the soundtrack to my whole college life experience, basically. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't even mm-hmm. finish college. Like, I remember being in a spoken word group at the time, and we just used to play it nonstop. We all loved it. But it was one of the, one of my homegirls that was in a group with me that actually put me on to him. And I had actually ended up with a bootleg copy because I don't even think the album had already came out yet. So I, we were listening, like, I think maybe some weeks before the album actually dropped, but like, we loved that album. And it was just so, like you say, refreshing. You know what I'm saying? To not hear about, oh, my white tea and, you know what I'm saying? What you know about that. Y'all know the songs that was out around that time. It was more trap music than anything. And so it was nice hearing that. And then, like, hearing the spoken word, um, Artist, a poet on the tracks, like that, that was just amazing to me and it inspired me so much. And then, just like watching the documentary and seeing how that came about and seeing who he was and you know how that happened, like that was amazing to see, like everything that was behind the scenes with that. And it was to the point, like everybody knew I was a huge Kanye fan, especially with them first two albums. Like also in college, I was, this was around the time I was like really, really sick. And I used to be in the hospital a lot, like a lot, a lot, like for weeks at a time. And so, um, my mom, she actually came and got me out of the hospital AMA so we could go see Kanye and Usher when they came to Houston. They both came to Houston and did a concert together and like left the concert (laughs) And the next day, I went back to the hospital or whatever, but I was not going to miss that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when he performed Jesus Walks, like, that was my favorite song of his. That and um, what is it? Spaceship, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. That was like my, my stuff, like for real, for real. I was like in the concert singing at the top of my lungs, just like boo-hoo and tears running down my face type stuff. Like, I was going through so much at that point in my life. You know what I mean? And just like being able to be there in that moment with like my favorite artist at that point with my mom. Like we had never done anything like that before. So it was just awesome. You know what I'm saying? And even the title of his second album, Late Registration, I almost didn't go to college, like my second year of um of college, because you know, I missed the deadline to re enroll because I was sick. And so I was listening to, you know, somebody. They was talking about, yeah, you heard Kanye's new album. And I was like, no, what's the name of it? And it was like late registration. And it was just like, ding, light bulb moment. Like, ding. The irony. You so mm-hmm. right. I could just go and, you know, and do the whole late registration process, or whatever. So it's so weird, like, just even stuff like that, how those types of little things with artists and their journey and their music and their life and experiences affects our own, you know what I'm saying? In like everyday life. And it's just like, I, I kind of hate to see where he is right now, even though it's awesome to see how far he's come. I feel like he's damaging his legacy with the stuff that he's doing now. And like, even speaking on the whole uh, Pete Davidson situation, I feel like he really needs to be careful with the moves he's making, as far as like the 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 online antics and like bullying and stuff like that. Because B- Pete Davidson's, you know, mental struggles are like well documented at this point. So lo and behold, if something were to happen to him, like um, what was the other guy, baby girl, was talking about earlier? Uh, is it Miller. Mac Miller? Because I don't listen to I don't listen to any of them. So um, it would be messed up if something happened to Pete and people are going to be looking at Kanye, like you, you know what I'm saying? You really had a, a part to play in this because you drug his name through the mud and did all this Then the third. And this man never really did nothing to you besides just date your ex-wife.
1: But right. that's it. That's all, right. that's all
12: I wanted to say.
1: Okay. Thank you for calling in sis. All right. Bye you okay. guys. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on, um, Daniel. Danielle, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Okay, she must not be ready. Let me go ahead and bring on Gabby. Gabby, go ahead and unmute your
0: microphone. Hey T. Hi, how are you? I'm good and you. I just want to say I love you so much and I fucks with you hard. Um Thank so you. <laughs> so um I did watch three the um three parts of the documentary. Um I wanna I am not I'm not going to lie, though. I'm not going to hold you. The third part was a bit cringe for me because because it showed more of his antics. And I I hate his antics right now. I really do. As a fan of his, I I don't like it. But I want to point out some things that you said and... um, uh what kaya said kia i think her name was um so i want to speak on part one right um i thoroughly enjoyed part one um the intro can we please talk about how Cootie was his the way how he narr he um narrate i'm sorry that's how you say it Mhm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his commentary was was excellent. Um, you see how you see how Kanye was was hungry, humble, and um I just I just enjoyed it um also like I just found it very disrespectful like when he went to the Rockefeller headquarters and they was just like nigga please when he was going door to door and you know they just wasn't giving him the opportunity and like I, and I love the the footages where um he went to Chicago late at night to see his mom and their their bond together. Like we knew that they had a bond, but I just didn't know it was that, that you know, like that, that intense and amazing how she gave him advice and about the giant talk and all of that. That, that shit was amazing. Um and it was just very inspiring. It made me want to quit my job and become a rapper, you know? <laughs> but um so then the second part. Um I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the makings uh the making of Slow Jam. I felt like that was raw. That was very raw. Like I was just like, wow, that um and kudos to Kuti, because like he um what what Kia said, she said like how he knew like to capture all of those footage, you know, like even though back then Kanye wanted to uh, wanted a documentary, but he just knew that he like he was gonna he believed in him and you knew from the jump that um that that cootie he didn't have no malicious any and no malicious intent like he saw like he saw greatness in him and it was just amazing it was it was something grand i want to say though um before i wrap it up um the Mm -hmm. third even though i did say like the third part was a bit cringe for me my favorite part of the third um part was when um donda and him were rapping um hey mama like when she was singing around with like oh my god i shed a tear like i'm just like damn like it's just it was it was it was i thoroughly enjoyed it though like that's all i wanted to say
1: (laughs) okay well thank you so much for calling,
0: and you made a lot of good points yeah you as well and i'm gonna sit back and enjoy the rest of um, the green room. I actually had to make an account because I was like, yeah, like I fucks with her, I need to to be on it. So <laughs>
5: have a good night, guys. <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye. Yeah, she made some
1: good points. There was a lot of like just different things throughout the documentary um, that really stood out. Now, what did you think about like everything near the ending? The ending,
2: I, I love how he, I, I honestly love part three. I love mm-hmm. the way it wrapped up, but you know me, I'm a Kanye stan. So, you know, all the antics, all the crazy stuff, like he, you know, even what Kanye said to Cootie when he didn't want him to release the documentary, he said, you know, I don't want the world to see the real me yet. So a, a part of me, and he said it in the documentary, I don't know if you remember, but he said, I'm playing a role. And so a lot of what Kanye does, I think it's very calculated. I think that he trolls a lot. I think he's a troll. So mm-hmm. a lot of what he does, I don't exactly take it as serious. I still remember, like, who he was. Like, I always think about, you know, this is the man who made Jesus walks. And I don't think that just goes away. So, like, that's me being a Kanye stan. But, <laughs> he's
1: you know. in the, the old Kanye's <laughs> in there somewhere. I guess
2: that's how I always am. I'm just like he's there. Like I, I always believe that, and and you know I honestly hope that he, like he took this and I and I I thought you know he's probably watched it before it aired. Mm-hmm. I wish that he would remember like who he is and like you know s- kind of stop all that stuff. But there's always a method to the madness for me. So it's, I I just stand him. Like I love him. I was very disappointed in you know him losing. That close friendship with Cootie that he had for a while, but other than that, like I love Kanye to death. That's just That's your thing.
1: Is- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and bring on Camille. Camille, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello, hello. Hey, lovely Hi. tea. Hey, Camille.
13: Um, you know, I, I'm here for this piping hot tea. Um, I just. I am, I don't even know where to start, but I definitely, I guess, reestablished a connection with Kanye, um, watching the documentary and especially the first part, just because it took you back to, you know, just the, the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but like back then I was kind of like, when he first came out, I was probably mid twenties and I was like a real, real huge Eminem fan. So I was kind of just all things Eminem and then he started sucking, um, so, I mean, of course, Kanye just always was there, but I'm just now really starting to probably get into his earlier catalog um, on like a deeper level. But like, you know, but yeah, the lexicon thing, like I always whenever, you know, I do a toast, I always toast to the good life. So and I think that's from his from his song with T-Pain. I was listening to that yesterday and just, you know, his turn of phrase is super remarkable. And it made me almost just long for Biggie because the way they can kind of just put some words together and just like kind of tickle your brain and make you think. Um, I have a renewed respect for Kanye, even though, you know, when um, when Lexi was saying something about never being mad at him now that that I can't um, can't co-sign because the Donald Trump stuff was really um weird but i mean actually i kind of calmed down like you know by watching the third part of the documentary because um he probably did have some kind of calculation going on there just to even get some attention to political stuff for you know maybe the black community um so yeah i mean but yeah he is he's you know um has some mental health issues (laughs) But I, can, I still, like, I, I like him again. Like, I kind of have to separate, just like with all musicians, especially, like, geniuses, you kind of have to separate their real life from just the, the art that they produce and create. So um, uh, I'm with Kanye, and I really appreciate the deep dive you did because that was what really softened my heart towards him as well. You
1: talking about the one I did about uh, Kanye
13: and Kim, the Kimye? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. just, you know, okay. like, because you know as much respect as you know the kardashians have and he definitely played a role with that especially because he's taking these other random chicks and making them look just like her so i mean Mm -hmm. he's kind of like the creative behind you know her her dope style right
1: okay well thank you so much for conning camille thank you t wishing you good health
13: also scully b i wanted to i just you know I I think people take take for granted um, people that are, you know, in hospitals and stuff like that. So I just wanted to, you know, just thank the Lord for you and your good health and everything. Take care.
1: Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Mal B. Mal, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi, T. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, how are you? Awesome, I'm good, how are you?
11: I'm like totally fangirling you right now because I love <laughs> you. So if I sound kind of like, you know, scatterbrained, like that's why, so this is like my first call in, any, everything, I follow okay. you everywhere. I'm like, so I'm totally fangirling, just by the way. <laughs> so so you guys are like Kanye now, thank you, I appreciate you.
1: <laughs>
11: I am Warhol. <laughs> okay, now see, honestly, when he, when he did that interview, I can see the I can see the man uh, man man mania then, like I'm guess I guess I'm gonna say it without saying it, but like when you kind of have that certain you know state of mind, it can be like a blessing and a curse. Like you can be like super creative, or it can be it can be like you can use it as like your superpower or like be it can be detrimental. You know what I'm saying? So like I get the whole like bipolar manic thing because you know. I kind of deal with that myself. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, so in the Kim thing, like I remember when I first found out that they were even like hanging out together, like dating and then they like got married. So I thought that was super strange, too, because I just never would have put them to like in the same category. Just, you know, like status wise, I feel like, like you were saying in the documentary last time, you're like, you know, they're shouting out Charmin and you know all that <laughs>
8: stuff or whatever. Right. So
11: like, I never, never would have thought. So that was like super surprising to me. But, you know, she's a good looking woman. So, you know, I figured it was probably that. And I really do feel like if his mom was still here. Like, she totally would not, like, she, I don't think there would be, like, a Northwest and the rest of those kids and everything. I just don't think they would have been together because I think she would have, like, you know, sniffed her out. Like, you know, this is not right. You know, so there's something off about her. So that's how I feel about that. And I didn't watch the documentary because I'm not ready yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, you know, because, like, um, like, the whole thing with his mom and, like, the sacrifice and everything, like, I can believe it, but I don't want to believe it. If that makes any sense, you know, like, it's just like a really, I don't know. Like he just loved his mom so much. Like, you know, I would hate to like, oops, oops. I'm sorry. (laughs) I still hear. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So that's just my whole thing with it. Like I just don't want to believe that he would sacrifice somebody like his, that was so close to him, you know? Um, so that I'm it's gonna take me a while like to really come to that. Although like all the clues and signs are out there that he probably really did, but you know, um, it's just and I remember like hearing about her dying too, and it was just it was just like upsetting, like it hit home. And um, Kanye, I love I just love his music, and like you know the other girl was saying like the guest speaker Alexia. Like you can still like somebody and be a fan of them and hold them accountable. And that's how I feel about him too. Yeah, he's controversial and everything and all that stuff, but you can't take away his talent, you can't take away his his drive. Like you can't take that away. You know what I mean? And um so I really like that. Like some of my favorite songs by him is Good Morning. Um, it was like it reminded me of college and when I graduated from high school and going to going to college and I like the song Gorgeous, and do you remember that song, Heard Him Say, that he did with Adam Levine? Vaguely. Okay, well, if you, if you get a chance, look at that video again, that music video again, and it was, I liked it, it was pretty good, um, yeah. but, uh, it kind of, I don't know, for some reason, like, the animation of it kind of reminds me about, like, his mom and him, and I don't know, it's just, it's kind of eerie, like, when I put the connections together, but, you just have to watch it and let me know what you think. Um, All right, we're going go yeah, to that's the next ha- caller.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for calling in, Mal. Okay. Bye. Bye. But um, people were asking in the doc. The doc. They did not talk about anything with sacrifices in the documentary. Um. So no, that was just basically when I was speaking about when Kanye was blaming himself and he got on stage and rapped that song. About you know he sold his soul to the devil. That's where that came from. But he they didn't even put that in the documentary. So for people who were confused, that was not a part of the documentary. <laughs> but um, let me go ahead and bring on Sophia. Sophia, go ahead and unmute
14: your microphone. Hello.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey um,
14: um, big fan here. Um, so thank you. I did watch all three parts. Three. Um. I was born in 1991. My husband, he's the one who was born in 1980. So he's the one who, you know, really grew up with that type of music. Um, um, let me see, I'm a big fan of Kanye. Um, I have can you been- turn your phone up a little bit? You kind of sound far away. Yes, can you hear me now? Okay, that's a little bit better, yeah. Okay, perfect. I am a big fan of Kanye. Um Again, how a lot of people have been saying, um, he is controversial um, all eyes are on him. He is different. He brings something different to the table. Um, the whole Kim Kardashian thing, how the one caller was saying, um, how his mom was really a big influence on who, who, I mean, she basically, she created him, uh, the way he is, is because, uh, his mom and just when, uh, she passed away, how it affected everyone, how it affected him, how his mental state, his, is the way he's thinking the way he's creating stuff now it's just really sad to see like where he's coming where he's where he's heading but I mean hopefully um I feel like a lot of people don't uh, you know put him down um but hopefully um, maybe later it didn't work out with him so maybe later he'll meet somebody else who could um probably treat him the same way that or a different way that his mom probably would have treated um you know different different women. I'm sorry. I'm a fangirl, fangirling. I'm a big fan, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Um, always listening to you and I'm keep going to, I'm going to keep listening to you. So thank you. Okay. Me. Okay.
1: Well, thank you so much for calling in Kim. We'll get hearing from you. Yes. All right. So she made some, um some cool points as well. So mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and finish off by saying one of the things that I did really enjoy I'm in the documentary because we were talking about that earlier was Cootie narrating. And I love how, like at the end of everything, he gave praises to God. You know, he says that basically he thanks God for using him as a tool to tell Kanye's story. And then he also says, thank you, father, God, for blessing us with your genius in your holy name. I pray. Amen you know so it's just very very fitting at the end when he said that like you know he's given like that genius did not just solely come from kanye it didn't only come from his forethought it also came from god so i thought the way he ended it was just really serene and peaceful you know i just really respected like the whole narration throughout he really was able to captivate and tell a story
2: he was. It, it like it really touched my heart. And, you know, I just pray that everyone could have a cootie in their life, like a person like who cootie is. You know, he, he holds his friends accountable. Like he's very positive. he You know, he takes care of his family. He was there for his daughter. Like we saw that firsthand. You know, he's an amazing father. And I just I, I'm so happy for him for getting, you know, finally getting what he's due. And I, I, what's his Instagram? Like, I need to follow him because I kind of have a
1: crush. i <laughs> oh, on Instagram. I follow Cootie. He's on Instagram. I he forgot what the name is, <laughs> but yep, yeah. he's on there. He's on Twitter too. So, but. all right. So we're gonna have we got two more speakers. Um, the go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. All right. Uh, thank you for letting me speak.
10: Uh, I wanted Definitely. to come on. I don't know if anybody else is the same age as me, but I'm 18. And um, my brother's into music, so I knew about Kanye from him, but I didn't know about his grind and his, his rise to the top. Like, I just knew, like, Kanye and Kanye was crazy when I was younger. Like, that's all I knew. And I just really appreciate that Kanye really knew who he was. Um, A part that stuck out to me was even when that rapper was like, oh, Kanye, the best producer rapper. And Kanye was like, no, I'm a rapper. And he was like, oh, so you're saying, you know, forget about your music or or, or forget about your producing. And Kanye's like, no, but like, I know who I am. Like, I'm a rapper. And that really, um, I think that's what really also put Kanye to the top was because he was so secure and who he and his abilities. And I just feel like looking at my generation of artists, we don't have artists like that no more. I feel like a lot of my generation, they'll hear, they, they'll take their, they, they will hear a no. And then they'll mm. be like, okay, well I'm gonna go on Clubhouse with whack 100 and tell tell them about how, you know, you ain't shit. It's like gang, like it's it's like the grind from Kanye. I really, I really respected that. And um, I, I too feel like he he does blame or he did blame himself for his mom's his mom's death because after um college dropout he went up and everything was just it was going so fast, and she became his manager and all this stuff and i I just feel like everything was going so fast for him, and then for his mom to pass, it's like, damn like what happened You're like you, exactly you were just like there, and then um, I also felt bad for him too because. He wanted so hard to be with Rock Nation. Like, he did all of this stuff. And even when he got with them, they still played him like he was nothing. So to see Kanye, to, to see that, I really understand wh- how he has mental issues. Like, before he lost his mom, like, the people around you just downing you. You know, you got somebody. Yeah, you can- Rock Nation
1: oh, it- didn't even get on board until MTV and, and all the other publications started rocking with Ye. Then all of a sudden, they opened up his budget. But before that, they were just really going to just let him sit on the shelf. So that's why, again, you have to believe in yourself. Because even once you're signed, that doesn't necessarily mean that the record label is going to do anything for you. And had he just sat around waiting, like some people do on, you know, Bad Boy, like, oh, you know, eventually Puffy will come around and cut me up, you know, a production check. Kanye was like, no, let me see, you know, with all these connections I made in the industry, let me sneak into MTV late at night and work in their studio. Let me, you know, bring on this producer and promise them money on the back end and just whatever else that he had to do to get his album finished. But it was really sad to see how much Rock Nation was offhand, you know. We're we're not involved in that whole progression of that first album. And then once he won awards, and you see all them running up on stage, and Kanye's my brother, we've been believing in him. Well, Cooney's right. video says otherwise, sir. Right.
10: And my <laughs> last,
1: and my last
10: thing is like I actually under now now it makes sense to me why Kanye, you know, or how Kanye has you know how he. But but basically his mental illness, it makes sense to me because imagine like like I was saying, like a rock was a rock nation, Rockefeller. I don't remember. But imagine having them crap on you and then people who you think you cool with, you know, because you getting more shine than them. They talking on you. And then the only person that you had in your corner who is your mom is gone. Like how mm-hmm. how do you navigate through life? You know, how do you navigate through that? And then he didn't take time to grieve. He went on stage and was like, My mom will want me to do this. So it's like it's I it make it, to me it all makes sense. Cause when I was younger, it never made sense. But uh thank you, T. Thank you so much. Definitely. For I was
1: dying to speak, so thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you for calling in, sis. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, she made some good points. Um, you know, what? Kanye for that uh, through the wire, that whole production and stuff, he came out of his own pocket. I think somebody said in the chat like thirty three thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, out of his own pocket to pay because for Rock-
2: that. Rockefeller wasn't giving him nothing. It's crazy. No,
1: <laughs> and it's so it's so funny like how these record labels can then sit back once the artist has made it and and swoop in and take the shine and the credit. Because they gave him the necklace and said he's part of the Rock family. And then they were just like, okay, well, now just keep making beats. And it seemed like the only person from Rock who really believed in him was Dame Dash. Like, I think Dame Dash gave him a lot of encouraging words and really, like, really stood by Kanye. But he's only one person. You know, he can't make them cut a check if they're not going to cut a check. And so I think all in all, it was good to see that that money that he invested into himself eventually played off you know, it paid off. It paid off for Kanye. It paid off for Cootie. So I respect that. Um, So we got another person on the line. I'm going to go ahead and let them on. Um, Lee, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. So did you get a chance to watch the documentary?
15: Yeah. I watched. I finally finished it up. It was cool. It was cool. I liked it.
1: So what did you think? Like as far as like what were your favorite parts and things like that?
15: Pretty much everything everybody's already said. I just like the fact that they were trying to kind of just pigeonhole him at first and keep him as a producer or the parts that like Jose was just saying, like, uh, like for people that have always been fans of Kanye, I don't feel like they really broke any new ground. It just kind of gave you more detail. I think the fact that he was just like speaking stuff into his existence. The thing that stuck out for me is when you guys were just talking about his relationship with Rockefeller. And mm-hmm. what I like about Kanye the most is like like Two Chains and Jim Jones, who all have affiliations with Jay Z. Those are two of my favorite rappers, not because of their skill, but because they were smart enough to break away from the the clique that they came into the game with. You have mm. to be willing to break away. Some people try to play off an association. How many rappers from Rockefeller are around?
1: All right. So
15: last time you heard a Freeway album or a Beanie Sigel album, Kanye. I, and then I feel like. Bleak. And I felt like Kanye always ran into resistance when he would try to play Jay Z too close. Like, he outshined him on Run This Town. He had the better verse. On mm-hmm. that Watch the Throne album, everybody said Kanye got off on Jay Z. And then all this stuff starts happening. So now you're wondering why you're not getting invited for play dates and all this stuff. So now you're on stage <laughs> having note downs and saying, I'm why don't you call him. me? Text me, bro. Yeah, this is people that, you know, people fuck with you for a reason. And then you know what I'm saying? When you're not of that use no more, they kind of get away from you. Mm. Now that he's back That's super popping, Jay-Z's right on that album. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But if
15: everybody was calling him a nutcase still, and it was like, oh, fuck him, and I'm not feeling him, I'm pretty sure he would have nothing to do with him. Right. We all called Kanye crazy, and a sellout, and said, oh, he's with Trump, and all this and that. Kanye could get anybody on the phone right now. He could get anybody in the studio in the world right now. Yep. When you're popping, you're popping. When you're not. So I just that's what I took away from it. And I think that everybody should just pay attention and try to figure out who is your what's dude's name? Cootie? Yeah, Cootie. Figure out who your Cootie is in your life right now. And then give them their Mm flowers because you gotta be you gotta pay attention to how you treat people. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know. That all this is working in Kanye's favor. Here comes a dude that he probably really doesn't fuck with like that in real life, but he's painting you in a light that you really need right now. It's a really good look. Mm. And it's introducing you to a whole new generation of fans and whatnot. That's all I had to no, say. By don't. the way, I can't wait till tomorrow so I see somebody at work that I really don't care for and they ask me something so I could say vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> you know you are gonna that go viral with that. It. <laughs> I was rolling. You know damn well you remember that song. <laughs> so when she said it i knew what song she was talking about
1: i can't stand
15: you i was like vaguely <laughs> like vaguely i was like oh <laughs> yeah i was like she gotta get off the phone <laughs> like, what did i miss like she must have been something <laughs> fucked up right before that <laughs> all right well i'm doing too much now i don't want to okay. discourage anybody else from speaking I'm
8: going to sign
15: Shady off. Shady
8: Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's a mess. Shady That's Lee, me. honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just call me out. Like, couldn't why it, did you say baby it like that? Couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is such a good discussion. He made some really good points, though. He did. That yeah. that might be another reason why there was conflict with Jay-Z and Kanye, because it's like Kanye never was trying to really click up with Rock Nation. He looked at them more like a stepping stone, whereas That's like cool. Beanie Siegel and Memphis Bleak and all these other guys looked at it as family. And like he said, where are they now? Yep. You know, last time we seen Beanie, he was on, you know, our Breakfast Club Threatening Charlamagne. <laughs> What? and going up, but Kanye's still making music, so I think he dropped some jewels and I think that's a good note to leave on, yep. you know, find out who your cootie is, who's the cootie in your life and give them their flowers give them their props and, and, you know, appreciate them, because if it wasn't for cootie encouraging him and being that visionary and seeing something in Kanye that maybe Kanye didn't even see in himself at that time he wouldn't be where he's at and also if you're the cootie in somebody's life there's nothing wrong with that and understand maybe your time to get shine and get your flowers isn't right there in that moment in space but that time may be coming in the future
2: i love that yeah like way to end it
1: yep i think that is a good way to end it so you guys thank you everybody who came through tonight we had a lot of listeners a lot of people in the chat so i really appreciate you guys this was a great conversation So again, we'll have another show um, sometime next week. So make sure you turn on your alerts and I will see you guys then. And thank you so much for uh, Lexi for co-hosting with me as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is
2: the conversation I've been waiting for. So I'm really happy (laughs) to be here.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Definitely. All right, you guys have a good night. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.